You're listening to a sermon preached at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theupc.org. The Kindred Project began really with a sermon. It began by a sermon this gentleman right here preached. This is Reverend Aaron Williams, the senior pastor at Mount Zion Baptist Church. And it was in July that I came and worshiped with you all. And uh, you were so welcoming and so warm. Uh, despite all that, the Holy Spirit was, it was rather rough with me. I was under conviction and uh, the good kind of conviction. And I told you as uh, we uh, were at the door together that I wanted to be not just a man of the clergy, but a man of the towel. And you had challenged us to do that. And it's uh, such a privilege to have you here. We, we've been looking forward to you being here for a long time now. And it's a treat to worship with you. Thank you. Thank Mount Zion for giving you permission to be here with us. You know, we're around here pretty proud of the fact that we were founded back in 1908. But I understand you come from folks who got started in 1890 with a small group of of friends uh, praying together. And uh, this has become a great church, one of the churches, uh, the city's greatest churches, Mount Zion Baptist Church, a leading voice in our city for decades uh, around social justice, activism, civil rights, uh, a church that gets involved with the city and with those who are in need, ministries of compassion, you say, uh, act, act externally, externally focused, externally in, focused, internally strong, and internally strong, and that mm-hmm. sure is true, and uh, you fill big shoes, uh, Reverend Dr. Samuel McKinney served that church for four decades, he was a Morehouse uh, classmate with Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and uh, we're just proud to have you in the city. And you, uh, Aaron Williams, I have come to know as a man of great faith and humility. He is a man of God, and uh, you're serving now nine years. Nine years in May. Almost nine years at Mount Zion. Yeah. You're uh, on the Seattle Police Commission, a vice president of the United Black Christian C- Clergy, dean of the Congress of Christian Education for your denomination. Um, but I think you are one of the hardest working guys around. And if you haven't found this yet on Facebook, you can see that Pastor Aaron is leading his congregation through 40 days of prayer. And there's a little video that you're making each day. I found it to be very rich. Uh, some good teaching on prayer. Husband to Michelle. Uh, we call her First Lady of Mount First Zion, lady. right? Yeah. I don't know if Michelle yeah. is here somewhere this morning, but uh, if not, she's on her way. And um, also, you are from Augusta, Georgia. Uh, so presumably you root for the Falcons, but and they've told me you root for the Seahawks, but your watch is a Dallas Cowboy watch. So I think we know where your heart really lies. We have a few Texans here, as well as some Baptists, by the way, who tolerate me every Sunday. Um, but you're an actor, you're a photographer, and I just learned standing next to you, you are a singer. Uh, most of all, you've made me feel like a brother. Uh, so I thank you for that. Let's welcome Aaron Williams as he comes to preach to us. Thank you. You know, I have so much that I want to share with you today. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, uh, but I only have about 20 minutes to share it. At Mount Zion, I have a longer runway. (laughs) But I'm I'm very excited to be here. I want to thank Pastor George Hinman uh, for his friendship. And I can truly say that Pastor George is a brother from another mother. (laughs) Amen. Is there an amen corner around here anywhere? Is there an amen corner? (laughs) Oh, right there. Okay. 
Amen. We have some, we, ha we do have some members from Mount Zion who are here. I want to ask them to stand. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to try to keep my eyes on the clock and the text. Uh, so, but I'm just very excited to be here. The, the scripture has already been read uh, in your hearing, dealing with Jericho roads, uh, dealing with Jericho roads. Uh, on my way here to University Pres Presbyterian Church, I took some roads here. And when I typed in the address, it took me down Montlake Boulevard. And as I was driving down the road, I, I noticed that there were some potholes. Uh, there were some smooth areas. And there was a lane that I could get in uh, that was much smoother than the previous lane. And it made me think about the roads that we take every day. No doubt where you live, there are certain rules. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am a creature of habit uh, that I tend to take the same road. But I've been thinking a lot about roads lately because uh, where Mount Zion is located, there's a lot, of, a lot of construction taking place. There's a lot of work being done. And there's a lot of people who are being displaced because of those roads. A lot of businesses are being affected because roads are being fixed. They are being smoothed. And it makes me think about when I was growing up, there were certain roads uh, that my father and my mother told me not to go down that road. It was in 1985 where my dad gave me my first car. It was a 1976 Pinto. <laughs> Sky blue, bucket seats. Four cylinders, <laughs> had a hole on, in the floor, and I just covered it with some nice carpet. <laughs> and when my dad gave me that car, he said to me one day, he said, son, I want you to understand that with this car comes great responsibility. He said, if you ever stop by the police, so always respect the police. Don't get smart with them like you get with me. <laughs> Give them your license. And I remember that. I, I, at the time, I, I asked myself, why is my dad telling me this? I remember that, and months later, as I was driving that 1976 Pinto down a particular road, in Augusta, Georgia. I was pulled over. Cop got out of his car. And I remember what my dad told me. I was gripped with fear. 
police came to the car and asked me for my license. He didn't say that I was speeding or I had run a light. He said, what are you doing on this road? What are you doing in this neighborhood? And I told him I usually take a shortcut, this shortcut to get home. He looked at my driver's license, wrote me a ticket, and said, don't drive through this neighborhood again. And it dawned on me that day why my dad told me, respect the police. And it dawned on me that day that there were certain roads that I, because of the color of my skin, could not go down that road. But in our lesson today, there is another rule that I want to talk a little bit about, and it's a Jericho road. And there are many Jericho roads in our society, but in this particular passage of Scripture, Jesus engages in a conversation with a man who is well-versed in the law. And he begins to ask Jesus the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus could read the man's mind. He understood where he was coming from. And he told him, you, you know the scriptures. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you answer correctly, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. He wanted to clear himself. He, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus begins to tell him a story about a man who had been robbed on a Jericho road. As I thought about this passage of scripture and I thought about this road, this Jericho road, I began to think about a sermon that Dr. King had preached. I want to read this to you because it speaks volumes to us as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ. Dr. King said this, since the church is the guardian of the morals of the community, it cannot look with indifference upon pressing problems. A religion true to its nature always is always concerned about man's social conditions. Religion operates not only on the vertical plane, but also on the horizontal. It seeks not only to integrate men with God, but to integrate men with men and each man with himself. He goes on to say this means at bottom that true religion is a two-way road. On the one hand, it seeks to change the souls of men and thereby unite them with God. On the other hand, it seeks to change the souls of men and the conditions of men so that the soul will have a chance 
after it's changed. Any religion that professes to be concerned with the souls of men and is not concerned with the slums that damn them, the economic conditions that strangle them, and the social conditions that cripple them is a dry-as-dust religion. These words of Dr. King speaks volumes to us in this 21st century. As we are experiencing racial tension in our society, as we are experiencing social economic tension in our society, as we are experiencing political tension in our society. But Dr. King says that the church sets the moral compass in our society. And I do believe that the, the lesson that Jesus is teaching this, this lawyer and the lesson that he wants to teach us today is that we have the power to fix some Jericho roads. That we have the power to, to deal with some Jer Jericho roads. But there are three individuals in this lesson and there are two that I would call, for lack of a better word, church folks. <laughs> and in this lesson, we are introduced to a, a priest. And it made me think, as I thought about this priest, I asked the question, what was going on in this priest's mind? What made him get to the point where he looked at the man, he saw him, and it said that he passed by on the other side? One would have expected compassion from a man of the cloth with his theological training and his master of divinity degree. But he was so heavenly minded that he was no earthly good. He was not willing to minister outside the box of his social economic status. The priest was internally focused. He was thinking in his mind that if I stop to help this man, what will happen to my job? He was stuck up. He was a man of the cloth, but not a man of the towel. But I want us to know today that God calls us to be men and women of the towel. The towel of service. When we read the Gospels of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it was clear that Jesus came to do some dirty work. And many times we see Jesus rolling up his sleeves and doing the work that the Pharisees were not willing to do. Doing the work that the Sadducees were not willing to do. Being a Christian means that every now and then we have to do some dirty work. That sometimes politicians are not willing to do. Sometimes our justice system is not willing to do, but God has called us as Christians, as a church, to do some of that dirty work. And then there was another individual. He was a Levite. The Levite was, was not willing to minister outside of the box of his tradition. What was going on in the Levite's mind? 
as he saw the man in critical condition. The scripture says he passed by on the other side. Perhaps he had memorized Leviticus 21, 1 through 3, Numbers 5 and 2, and didn't want to touch this man and become ceremonially unclean. Perhaps he was thinking that this man was a victim of his own choices, and therefore he deserves to be left half dead on the street. The Levite was a traditionalist. He was a legalist. He had the mentality, we've never done it like this before. The Levite was internally focused. He was thinking in his mind, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? He was not willing to minister outside of the box of his tradition. The question comes today, do we see ourselves in one of these categories? That when we see some of the social ills in our society and we begin to think to ourselves, well, this man, this woman is a victim of our own, uh, his own circumstances and we become indifferent and we pass by on the other side. But if the spirit of God resides in us, if Jesus is really in us, then the compassion that is in Christ will come out of us. Certainly we can't solve all of the issues of the world, but some of us, one of us can help one person. Each one can reach one. This Levite was no earthly good. Jesus brings out another individual. He's not religious. He's a good Samaritan. And this good Samaritan was the only one who was willing to minister outside the box. He was the only one who was willing to do something on the road to Jericho. Because the Jericho road was one of those roads that the Greco-Roman world said, you know what, it's not worth it fixing this road. We'll pave some other roads that lead to, to richer territory. The Greco-Roman world, the, the government said, we don't need to fix this road because the people on that road are victims of their own circumstances. But Jesus want, wanted to bring to this lawyer's attention that a good neighbor in God's sight always tries to deal with the people on the Jericho roads. You see, unlike the priest and the Levite, the good Samaritan didn't pass by on the other side, but he came to where the man was. He identified with his humanity. He identified with his struggle. He came to where he was. The good Samaritan was externally focused. In his mind, he was thinking that if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? 
That was the question that Dr. King raised when he went to Memphis to help some sanitation workers. There were those within his circle said, Dr. King, you don't need to go to Memphis. They're just sanitation workers. There were those who were saying, Dr. King, this, this is a small situation. This is a small battle. You, you don't, you need to focus on the bigger issues. But Dr. King began to ask the question that this man is asking. If I do not go to Memphis to help these sanitation workers, what will happen to them? And that's the question that we must ask ourselves today as we go down Jericho roads, as we look at the areas that we live in and the society that we live in, we got to ask ourselves, what is God calling me to do on these difficult roads? Because the good, Marit good Samaritan had the, the audacity to do some real ministry. Because real ministry involves inconvenience. And the Levite was not willing to be inconvenient. He was not willing to step outside of his box. He, he realized he, he had to be at the synagogue at a certain time. He, and he decided not to help this man. But the Good Samaritan, obviously he had somewhere to go, but he was willing to help this man. Real ministry involves compassion and sacrifice. Real ministry involves time and commitment. Real ministry makes us feel uncomfortable sometimes. Brothers and sisters, I want to challenge you today to deal with some Jericho roads. Maybe the Holy Spirit is pricking your, your spirit right now. And maybe you've already dealt with some Jericho roads. But maybe God is calling you to go to an area where people don't look like you. Maybe God is calling you to help immigrants, refugees. Maybe God is calling you to go to an area where you can make an impact and not just an impression. Yes, if I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody that he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. Then my living will not be in vain. God bless you. For more UPC audio or to find out about service times, visit us at upc.org. All online audio is available on CD and cassette. To order copies of sermons and classes, please visit upc.org audio, email audio at upc.org, or call 206-524-7301, extension 117.